Welcome back to The Bible is Art, where we explore the literary artistry of the Bible. And this week, if you have thought that the Proverbs were simply a collection of moral tidbits, you might be surprised that it is actually the story of a son. Let me show you how. The book opens up like this. The Proverbs of Solomon, King of Israel, to know wisdom. So the book of Proverbs is about knowing wisdom, but not in a sort of abstract sense where it's like lists of wise sayings. No, the author has designed it as the story of a father teaching wisdom to his son. And he teaches his son through stages. He starts out with basic wisdom, and then he moves on to intermediate and advanced wisdom. And this wisdom that he teaches is, uh, could also be translated as skill. And in other parts of the Bible, that's what it's used for, and it's used for other kinds of skills. So in the book of Exodus, the craftsmen, the designers, the manufacturers of the tabernacle, they are told that they are given wisdom, they are given skill in artistic designs. So in every craft, in every area of knowledge, there is a skill. So there's a skill of business and a skill of marketing that you have to learn and master. But what about if you want to learn to be good at life? Ah, See, that is what the book of Proverbs is about. That is the skill that's being taught to the son in Proverbs. And he is taught this in seven lessons. The book is organized into seven sections, and it looks like this. Notice that you have two big chunks of Solomon's wisdom. So, in the first section in this teaching of our father to his son, we are told about what will happen at the end of this pursuit of skillful living. That is, once we make it through all of the training from our father, what will happen? And what will happen is that we will get understanding, insight. We will know about justice and equity. We'll be able to decipher riddles. In some, we will get wisdom. And the place where this all starts is the fear of the Lord. Well, after this introductory section, in the second section, the father Solomon gives 10 lessons to his son. You see, before we get into the main meat of wisdom, we have to learn about why it's important to pursue this skillfulness in life. We are enticed into a life of wisdom. What, what do we get out of it? And he does this in 10 lessons, a, a beautiful allusion 
to the Ten Commandments, just as those were the moral foundation, the, the central architecture of the moral life of Israel. So this is the foundation of wisdom. And something surprising happens in the middle of these ten speeches, because as the father is instructing his son on wisdom and the importance of it, wisdom herself pops into the story. And she pops in at this unexpected time, and she also pops in at an unexpected place. You see, we would expect her to come in in the home because that's where our father presumably is instructing his son. But no, she enters in the story at the marketplace and the gate of the city. That is outside the home in these public places. Now, why that is, we will see later. But after Lady Wisdom shows up, we get one more character. And here it is another lady, but this time it's an antagonist. It is Lady Folly. So these ladies show up on the scene, and we are told that they are each building a home. The home that Lady Wisdom is building is a home with seven pillars, a, 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 an elegant allusion to the book of Proverbs itself with its seven sections. You see, after the book is done, Wisdom will have built her home. So the father presents the son with two options, two ladies, two women, and he must select the right one. Well, after we are given these 10 lessons on wisdom, we get to wisdom itself. The Proverbs of Solomon, starting in chapter 10. In this first main section of Solomon's wisdom, we get the basic and the intermediate wisdom. And we get it through one of the main literary forms of what's called an antithetical proverb. Listen to the first proverb in this section from Solomon. This is chapter 10 and verse 1. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. You have these two things, a wise son and a foolish son. These are antithetical and they're contrasted about who they are and the effects that they have. This is the main literary form of this section. And in this section, this, this foundational section of wisdom, all the main places and categories in life will be covered. So you get wealth and wisdom, different virtues and vices and kinds of people, and this full range of the skillfulness of life is introduced. Well, after this first section of Solomon teaching his son wisdom, we get 
the central section of our book. And surprisingly, we get a new teacher. Or maybe it's not a new teacher, we're not sure, but this teacher is introduced and the only thing about him that we know is a quality. That is, he is wise. And this wise man, the main body of this section is 30 sayings. 30 sayings of the words of the wise. And not only do we get a new teacher, but we get a new location. You see, in these 30 sayings, in contrast to being taught presumably in the home, our father to his son in that section, we are told about wisdom, about what to do at the gate. We are given instructions that we learn about in the field and in the king's house, presumably uh, another king, not this home king. And so we're taught about all of these things in outside places in the world. And we can start to kind of put the pieces together about how our author is constructing this progression of our son and his training. You see, we started in the home and now we've moved outside. Remember back when Lady Wisdom showed up, she showed up out in these public places at the gate, just like in our section. You see, what's happening is at the beginning of our grand story, not Proverbs, but the whole Bible, man was given the job of going out into the world going out and ruling and subduing like a wise king. And so at the heart of our book right here and at the heart of wisdom is learning how to be skillful out in those places. So we're getting wisdom there. Now, after these 30 sayings, we come home. And we come home because at the beginning of this section, of this next section of teaching, we have these words, the Proverbs of Solomon. So we get another chunk of Solomon's Proverbs, but it's not exactly at home. Let me finish that statement, that introductory statement, the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. You see, when we come home, our father is not here. There's been a development. We started in home then we went out into the world, and when we came home, our Father is not here anymore. His words are here, but we're one step removed. There's a progression. So not only do we get a progression with the teacher, but we also get a progression in the content itself. 
listen to the first proverb of this Solomon section. It says, It is the glory of God to conceal things. Now, compare that to the first proverb in the first Solomon section. Do you remember what it was? A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. So, in the first section, we are told that if you're wise, you will make your father glad. If you're foolish, you will be a sorrow. And here we're told God hides stuff. And it goes on from there because it says, and it is the glory of kings to search things out. So, we began with wise and foolish, glad and sorrowful, and now it says, God hides things, and it's your job to find them. It's much more complex. It's much more advanced. Because in this section, we've moved on to advanced wisdom. Notice another thing. In the first Solomon section, we are told about a son. In this section, we are told about what a king should do. So we have progressed. We've moved along. We started at home. We went away. We come back. And now we are given instructions about how to be a king. And our father isn't here anymore. Because this is advanced wisdom. And as wisdom advances, the literary forms advance as well. They get more complex. So there's, there's, so there's more analogies, more similes, more metaphors in this advanced wisdom section. Well, as we move on, the last two sections in the book of Proverbs have two new teachers as well. They are Agur and Lemuel. And these are two people whom we know nothing about. And to understand why that is, we have to look at how our author, the author of Proverbs, has constructed the book. He's constructed it in a certain way with a progression of teachers. Look at how this works. So we started at home with our father, and we slowly move away to people whom we know less and less and less till the end of the book when we get two teachers whom we know nothing about. And our author has designed the book this way so that it mirrors life. Think about how life works when, when you're a child, when you're a baby at home, just in terms of the time, the, the, the input that gets put into us, it is 100% our parents. And as we grow older, little by little, we start getting friends and teachers more and more. So the input of our parents 
starts to decrease and these other people start increasing and there comes a point of inversion where this becomes more and this becomes less. All the way to the point where we actually leave home and we start learning from people whom we may have grown up in a totally different part of the world with different kinds of practices. And the book of Proverbs mirrors this in the same way, starting from people whom we know and are closest to us to people who are far away from us, whom we know nothing about. And it is constructed this way to mirror life so that we would learn how to discern wisdom from folly in each of these stages. We don't want to be caught off guard. We want to learn how to, who to be, how to become skillful in each of these places and not unskillful and foolish. So the author constructs it in this wonderful way. But not only that, not only do we have a progression in teachers, but in these last two sections, unexpectedly, they are not called Proverbs. They are called oracles. And oracles, normally in the Bible, oracles are the things that prophets say. That is the very words of God. And it's unexpected because at the start of the book of Proverbs, we are told that this is indeed the book of Proverbs. But we get to the end and these aren't Proverbs, these are oracles. So what is our author doing? You see, our author has designed it this way because he's teaching us that if we go through this whole master class in skillful living, what will happen if we ingest all of this is that we will be able, in the end, to speak oracles. That will be the quality of our speech. Our speech will be something akin to the very words of God. That's the kind of skillfulness that this book produces. Well, in our last climactic section, the section of King Lemuel, once again, our author has one more surprise for us. And the surprise is that this whole time we've been taught about wisdom. And the surprise is that, you see, the whole book is about a father, Solomon, teaching wisdom to his son. So we would be expecting that we have one more climactic teaching to our son. But instead of having instruction about a wise son, most of this chapter is about a wise woman. Now, if you remember back all the way to the beginning of the book, and you remember that Lady Wisdom showed up. She showed up at the beginning and here at the end, she shows up again. And just as at the beginning, she once again is building her 
home. Nowhere in this final chapter do we see that other lady, our antagonist Lady Folly. Why? Because our son has chosen wisely. He has become wise, and in the end we get this emblem of wisdom herself once again. And our son who has done skillfully gets wisdom herself. And that, my friends, is why the Bible is art.